Hello, I'm Billy Buttery, and this is Food is Culture, a podcast. Today on the show, I have on a dear friend of mine. Not only is this episode an ode to Greece, but also a trip down my own food memory lane. Evangeline Miliotis is a Greek-born, Toronto-raised beauty. Although at the time of recording this, she is in Greece and has been there for some time, which just adds to the whole escapism of this episode. Being Greek, she shares some of her food culture, and being that we've been friends for many years, we share many of our own food memories. She's taken many of my food virginities. <laughs> we share some laughs about our first time in Yorkville out together having sushi, which was my very first time out having sushi, and the first time I saw a real-life lemon tree and fig tree and an olive tree. Oh my. She's taught me many things, not only about food, but also about life. I'm not sure what the joie de vivre or le dolce vita translation would be in Greek, but she is the epitome of that. Since before Instagram made snapping food pics cool, Evangeline would be known to snap a picture of a lovely fruit produce display while we strolled down the Danforth or through Festival Niki. She eats slow, thinks quick, and often stops to smell the roses. I hope you'll enjoy our chat. Yamas! Hello, Evangeline. Thank you for being on today. I'm so excited. Hello. Thank you. I'm excited too. So full disclosure for the listeners, you were my very first, my I mean, first of many things, but you were my uh-huh. first recorded interview. But, you know, being my first, I had some um, audio issues. So we're redoing uh, yes. the interview. Well, I'm happy to do it again for you. Thank you. And, you know, since then, obviously I've evolved the show a little bit. So I'm excited to get a little bit of a twist of perspective this time. Amazing. Let's dive right in. Okay, I'm ready. How would you define your cultural background? My cultural background? Well, I'm Greek. Um, I was born in Greece, but not sure how much that counts because we moved to Toronto when I was six months. Um, However, I spent, well, I've spent most of my life visiting Greece every summer with my family. I grew up in a home where there was lots of Greek music, speaking in Greek. Well, my parents speaking to me in Greek, I'd speak mostly in English. Um, Lots of Greek food, desserts, traditions um, around the holidays, especially Christmas and Easter, you know, with traditional uh, meals and gatherings and things like that. So fun. I mean, I love Greece. So speaking of you being the first of many things, um, I had the privilege of joining you on one of your trips to Greece. And that was my very first trip ever to Europe. Yeah, I know. I remember that was so exciting. It was so fun. I loved it. So fun. And we got to eat so many different Greek foods Yep, and pick figs in your backyard in the orchard. The most amazing memory. So whimsical. I love it. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> Do you remember how big the figs were? Oh my God. They, they were, were huge. huge. I've never seen figs like that. So I ne- have never really liked figs before that time because to me, figs in Toronto are these little tiny, like, you know, the, sh- the size of like a prune, like they're so tiny. Yeah. And Greece, you're, we're picking them. I, I thought you were picking apples. They I know they're huge. I know. I know. It was so so good. Yeah. Yeah. By the light of our Blackberry phones, because it was, you know, (laughs) after the club at night. That's right. (laughs) I remember that. So fun. fun. What would you say is your first memory of food? My first memory of food. That's a good question. Um, I think I would say, I mean, I'm going to say my first memory of food where I was aware of what I was eating and enjoying it was probably when I was in kindergarten and coming home from my mom had uh, signed us up for Greek school classes, like after our regular school, Mm -hmm. um, like, uh, you know, Canadian English school or whatever, and coming home and eating rice, like white rice with corn and baked chicken with honey on top Mm. and 
I'm sure there was vegetables involved in the mix, but I clearly remember enjoying the white rice with a corn Mm -hmm. um, and the chicken with a honey. So yeah, that would be my first memory in terms of remembering and being aware of what I was eating and loving it and, you know, wanting seconds. Oh, that's amazing. I don't know if I've ever had chicken with honey. That sounds so good. Yeah, it's very good. Mm. Would you Mm -hmm. say um, your mom was the cook growing up? Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, my dad barbecued but definitely he was not a cook um, in any way, shape, or form. I remember once he tried to make me rice pudding and it was basically hot milk with hard rice. It was not, it was not good. Um, yes. But yeah, my mom was definitely the, the cook of the family. And she taught you you know, um, about Greek food versus, you know, the different foods, or it was kind of like, this is food, this is what we're eating. I, it was, you know, typical Greek moms at that time, like, you know, the eighties, um, it was, this is your food. This is what I made. This is what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as I got older, she tried to involve me in the cooking process to teach me. I'll have to admit as a Greek girl, I, I think maybe people expect Greek girls to be really good cooks. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I never felt too interested in cooking. I feel more interested in now, but I mean, she tried to involve me, like I said, with no success. Um, But like I said, yeah, growing up, it was just like, this is what I made. This is what you're going to eat. And if you don't want it, then go to bed hungry kind of thing. (laughs) I mean, that's the motto in my house. You're going to be really hungry for your next meal if you don't eat this one. I'm not a short order cook. That was the 80s, you know? (laughs) Well, I love it. I mean, no helmets, no nothing. (laughs) Yeah. In Greece, when you would visit, you would stay with your grandmother. Yeah. And would she cook? Yeah. So we would come to my, like my mom's house, like where she more or less grew up, um, where my grandparents were living and um, they would both cook, my grandmother and my mom. And they're both amazing cooks. I did find that my grandmother's meals had a lot more flavor. Now it could be because the vegetables she was using, uh, the meats she was using were probably more organic because, you know, anytime my grandmother made chicken, it was from chickens we had in the backyard. Wow. And she would literally um, like chop them in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the flavor comes from just eating foods that are, you know, no pesticides grown out, grown in the backyard because my grandmother also grew tomatoes and cucumbers and things like that. And the whole, in the orchard, is it just figs? Um, so we have, we have figs. We used to have peaches. They were, I mean, like out of this world, amazing, mm-hmm. um, super juicy, delicious. Like you've never had peaches like this before. Wow. Um, we, yeah, so we used to have peaches currently we have two fig trees we have a walnut tree it's gigantic um we also have what's the other tree Mm, a walnut and why is it slipping my mind right now do you have a cherry tree no we did have two cherry trees Mm, my dad actually just cut them down this summer Uh, i'm not sure why um, he, he had his reasons, something to do with the growth of them or something, something was wrong with them. And it's funny when I was born, my grandparents built like a makeshift swing, mm-hmm. kind of like a hammock between the two cherry trees mm-hmm. and would swing me in, in the little makeshift hammock when I was a baby. Oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the other tree that we have. I don't know why I'm not remembering. When I do, I'll, 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 I'll mention it. Well, I mean, I love your cooking and I love, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, love when I try, when I try, I'm good. 
Well, and speaking of even more first, I mean, the first time we, I, I went with you to Greece. So we first were in Thessaloniki and then we went to the islands yep. and we were walking home from the beach one day and we walked by a dragon fruit tree and then we walked by a lemon tree. Lemon tree, and then that's there was right. An orange tree. And I was in shock. I was yep. like, what sort of whimsical country is this that these fruits just grow in people's backyards <laughs> well and, so and you know what to, to add to that um it's been really nice being here in the village for fall winter because a lot of people here in the village have persimmon trees and oh, wow. for the life of me i don't understand why nobody like nobody was picking them they were just falling to the ground and i'm like what a waste who lets persimmon tr- like persimmon fruits um, rot. So as I would walk by on my way to a friend's house or whatever, I would mm-hmm. pick some and just put them in a bag and mm-hmm. bring them home because I couldn't believe no one was actually picking them. And persimmons are so delicious. Well, and they're literally like four or five dollars for one yeah. here. Yeah. And they're just falling to the ground there. That's crazy. Yeah. Like wow. today I actually went for a walk and I walked by and there was one house. I took a route that I normally don't take. And there was at least a hundred persimmons just like rotting on the ground. That's crazy. It was Isn't so sad. <laughs> the fruit of the gods? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, who Greece, does that? I mean, yeah. Well, and for the listeners, I mean, you are in Greece right now. Right. Yes. I should <laughs> yeah. I've been here for six months. <laughs> yes. Enjoying I mean, the loss down here. At, at this point, I think, you know, you live there and you visit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm a city slicker for life. Um, What is your favorite dish from your childhood? My favorite dish. Okay. My favorite dish growing up from my childhood. I'd have to say two because my mom also made, you know, your typical Canadian dishes as well. So my favorite dish from the Canadian side, I would say macaroni and cheese. Hands down. (laughs) Hands down. True Toronto girl. (laughs) Totally. And I eat it with ketchup. Hello. And then from the Greek side, I would say favorite dish, probably, probably pastizio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like, you know, a Greek mac and cheese. Almost. Yeah. It's a, tra- it's a traditional, yeah, it's a traditional um, dish. And uh, my mom makes it with penne, um, like layers of penne and meat sauce. Um, and then she tops it off with um, this amazing, amazing like cream sauce. But in the oven, like it thickens. So there's like two inches of the cream and then the penne and the the meat, mm. like the ground meat underneath and it's just it's amazing yeah delicious oh so good would she make that for special occasions or was that like a weekly thing no that was probably like mostly in the winter she would make it like fall winter um Mm -hmm. so i would say throughout those two seasons she would make it like at least four or five times oh yeah oh my goodness now as an adult you know you crave the most your favorite dishes other than sushi? <laughs> um, what do I crave the most? I mean, you can never go wrong with a nice bowl of pasta and meat sauce with mm-hmm. cinnamon. Um, uh, as an adult, I loved adding cinnamon and still do uh, to my meat sauce. It's not a thing my mom likes to do um, mm-hmm. or my sister, but I do. So craving, yeah, d- definitely because it's easy too. And it just like it satisfies you physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Well, it does satisfy me physically and mentally. I mean, carbs have gotten me through the pandemic, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%, for sure. 
the first time I think I had cinnamon in my meat sauce was actually with you in Greece. We were at I um, love- a little, uh, we were at a little beachside taverna in uh, yeah. on the island, and we ordered like you know the traditional real Greek salad, which is like yeah, you know the village rustic. Love it. That's the only Greek salad I'll accept. Yeah, <laughs> no lettuce <laughs> in my Greek salad. Yeah, a hundred percent. And these massive bowls of um, of bolognese. And there was, I was like, what is that flavor? That's so good. And you're like, oh, it's cinnamon. It's, you know, yeah. that's what you put in your meat sauce. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I love how we've had so many firsts together. So many firsts. So I want to tell our, my first, uh, my the time you took my sushi virginity as a... <laughs> <laughs> so we were working together years and years ago, almost like 20 years ago now, which is crazy yep. to think about yep. that. So I was, you know, this little teenager and you were this like so cool, beautiful, magnificent, oh. you know, co-worker that I just like totally looked up to. And you were in your early 20s at that point. Oh and, um, <laughs> you know, we were working late together and we were closing the shop and... And you said, do you want to grab sushi? And I had never, I mean, I think I had been on one or two dates, like with, you know, boyfriends out to restaurants, but this was like my first, like, okay, girlfriend's going for dinner. And you were like, we'll have sushi. And I was like, oh yeah, for sure. Like totally like, you know, (laughs) playing. I get out that this was just a regular occurrence for me on a Friday night. Let's go to Yorkville and have sushi, which it was not. It was my first. So <laughs> and cute. We sat down in the booth, and you're like, "Okay, what are you? What are you gonna have?" And I was just looking at the menu. I was like, "You know, just order two of whatever you're gonna have, and I'll just I trust you. I've, I haven't been here before, so whatever you're eating, <laughs> good cover up, good cover up. Yeah, right. And um, and then you order dragon roll C, which is a dragon roll with avocado on top. Yes, that's sushi yes. in, and. Um, it was so delicious. We ate and I had never, I don't think I'd ever had edamame. So I was like watching how you were eating it and just like taught myself by watching. (laughs) That's too funny. Yeah. It was just like, I just, and I distinctly remember, I feel like we were wearing the same, but in different colors, the same Zara turtleneck, but in different colors. And I was just so mature. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I am just like, I'm just like one of the girls Like this is like sex in the city in the making. And I was like 15 or 16. I loved it. It was, it was, and you took my sushi virginity. <laughs> and you know what? Like you were so young, but you had such an old soul. Like I felt like you were one of those people that I knew forever. Mm-hmm. Um, even in like in a past life or past lives. Totally. Um, it, it didn't feel like you were almost a decade younger than me well, thanks, um, yeah. at all. I mean, I always just think of us as the same age. <laughs> I know, 100%. <laughs> I'm not yeah. turning 42 in February. What? No. You don't turn <gasps> over 27, so it's impossible. Yes, yeah, so you t- you've taken a lot of my, my food and travel virginities, which is, you know, I'm so thankful yeah. to you for, to, to lead the way, to hold my hand. I'm glad I was able <laughs> to be a good teacher. Yes, for sure. I'm trying to think if there's another another first. I think the sushi was probably a big one. And then obviously my first trip to, to Europe. Um, well, clubs. Clubs, yes. You took me to Caché, which... Caché, um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and then I had a fake ID. I think I was maybe like 17 or 18 at this point. And, yeah. um, and I had a fake ID and you introduced me to the bouncer with my real name and was like, oh, this is my friend Billy and da-da-da. We were chatting with the bouncer and then like the, the promoter came out and you kept saying my real name. And I'm like, oh my God, they ID me. <laughs> No, my ID is Caroline. I don't know who Billy is. 
so stupid I was. <laughs> but they but obviously I knew, didn't I ID me. I knew we wouldn't have a problem because um, the owner of the club, you know, he knew me. So it was, I never had to wait. And whoever I was with never got checked. So. And that's when I started drinking Malibu and pineapple. Yes. My, <laughs> my famous drink, Malibu and pineapple. Yes. With like a million napkins wrapped around the cup. With a straw. I hate sweaty glasses. I know it's the worst. And especially when they fall, they fall out of your hands. It's worse. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to talk more about your childhood. So mm-hmm. growing up here, um, you know, what would you say would be like a typical, like in the summer when your mom was like, okay, now I have to make three meals for you guys. Cause you're home, you and your sister, what okay. would you, like your breakfast, lunch, and dinner look like? So let's say, so if we're talking about summer, that means we probably weren't in school or we were in summer school. So think, or unless we were in Greece, but let's say like we're in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot. My mom was definitely more laid back when we weren't in full-time school. So probably a typical breakfast, um, would be like shreddies um, or like Weetabix, like healthy-ish breakfast, so nothing big. Um, sometimes we would crave eggs, so she would make us eggs. I feel like the best part of our summer meals was when she would make us things like hot dogs or grilled cheese and just chop up some fresh vegetables, like nothing fancy, no salt, no no dressings, nothing like that, just the flavor of the vegetables. Cut them up, you know, carrots, uh, little like bologna sandwiches, you know, things like that. And then we we would just eat on the porch. We she liked eating outside mm-hmm. um, a lot in the summertime, so that was always nice. Yeah, and things were just a little bit more relaxed uh, versus when we were in school, where things were a little bit more regimented and like everything was kind of planned. Because there were times when she was working, and we were also busy with day school, night school, sports, you know, gymnastics, guitar, things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, what would you say is like your number one celebration food in your house, or was growing up? celebration food um like during special occasions or Mm. like holidays or like a birthday like if it was your birthday and your mom's like okay I can make you whatever you want and it was something maybe a little bit fancier something she'd make Mm. at Christmas or Easter well for birthdays she would always ask my sister and I what we wanted um, as our like birthday meal. And I always asked for either pastizio or for lasagna because she literally makes the best lasagna ever on earth. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, for, for things like, uh, like Easter, she, if we're not making lamb on the spit, like outside, um, she would make lamb in the oven and it always like so juicy and delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas that time. That was another first actually. Another Sorry, first, that's right. Yeah. 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 So you invited me one time to um, your house Easter. for Greek, Greek Orthodox Easter and your dad yeah. was doing a big lamb on the spit. It was so yeah. good. Like fall yeah. off the bone. I've never had lamb that good in my life. So good. Yeah. And so even good. people that I know never really cared for lamb before. If they happened to be at my house when we were making lamb on the like on the spit or even in the oven they they really liked it um Mm -hmm. because they hadn't had it like that before you know Mm -hmm. um and then christmas time of course turkey but what i love about my mom's turkey is that she stuffs and i'm sure other people do this too i just haven't had it anywhere else um she stuffs a turkey with like a mix of rice that she makes like with different grains a little bit of meat chestnuts oh chestnut tree that's the other tree we have in my yard in greece is a chestnut tree Mm -hmm. and chestnuts and apricots and things like that so there's different like different celebration foods we have but i like that for our birthday she would always ask us what she wanted us what she wanted to make for us Mm -hmm. yeah and the cakes. I always love that you guys have special cakes for your birthdays. Yes, yes. The cakes. <laughs> Can't go wrong. But lately, I've really enjoyed the McCain cakes for my birthday. You know, keeping it simple. That's so good. 
classic. Yes. I love it when it's still like a little bit frozen. That's oh, my yeah. favorite. Yeah, totally. Oh, so good. Oh my God. I miss, I miss McCain cakes. <laughs> so what's going to be your first, so you've been there for six months. So what's going to be your first meal back Honestly, when you get back to Toronto? All you can eat sushi. If, <laughs> oh wait, no. Cause you're still on lockdown. Yeah. Uh, um, well, so I'm that'll so- be the first, you know, if, when everything opens up again, when everything opens up, definitely yeah. all you can eat sushi but believe me i will be ordering sushi on my like as soon as i get over my jet lag i will be ordering sushi oh i'd be ordering it like in the cab i mean <laughs> i mean there's sushi here um mm-hmm. but not in the village obviously but because everything's been closed down for so long i haven't really had the chance to explore mm-hmm. but i have a feeling the sushi is not the same as it is in toronto like we have so many options and it's just so good so so good what would you say is your favorite um so if when you're in toronto when you're like okay i have my flight booked to greece what are you most excited to eat when you get to greece oh well because i usually come here during the summer months one of my main things that i'm looking forward to eating are the peaches Mm. um because there's nothing like the peaches here they're just so juicy so fresh just the flavor that like they're bursting with flavor um so that's definitely one thing another thing are the figs food in general like there's things that i that i eat here that i can that i can eat back home in toronto so nothing really specific i mean maybe i would say actually the seafood because the seafood here is so so fresh um, especially our place by the beach in Khalkiriki. There's a taverna there that makes delicious everything, actually. But all their seafood is sourced locally. So it's like caught that day, basically, or like the day before. Oh, so, um, yeah. so I would say seafood, figs, and peaches are the things I look forward to when I come here. That's just sounds wonderful. I mean, to me, that is like if there's a pyramid of the Mediterranean diet. Yeah, <laughs> that's the those are the the, the base of the pyramid for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and for people that don't know what a taverna is, can you sort of like explain what yeah. our equivalent would be? It's it's like a, a traditional little restaurant. Yeah. How else would I? Yeah, it's just a traditional restaurant that's been around for I mean in Greece since time. Um, mm-hmm. Just small, uh, like nothing like you know big chains or anything like that. Um, just small traditional local food. So almost like so before I went to Greece and you had said taverna to me, I was like, oh, like a tavern, but it's not really like a tavern. I would almost say it's like an elevated Mediterranean local diner. I guess yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense. Because you know, delicious and it's sort of like a bunch of different local things and whatever is fresh that day and delicious salads and meat dishes. But you can also just go and have like a drink and some appetizers, I feel like. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're typically just small little restaurants. Like I said, like, you know, everything is pretty much locally sourced. I would say maybe I'm not sure about now, but probably maybe in the 50s, the 60s, um, 70s, 80s, there was typically a band also playing in the tavernas. Oh, nice. Um, like a live band. Uh, you'll find that here now as well. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that's one of the key features that stands out from like other restaurants. But um, also like the tables, like the wooden tables and then the, the chairs where the seats are made from like straw or I don't know if that's the material, but like mm-hmm. just really old looking. Yeah, like really quaint. 
really cute. I think my favorite memory, I mean, there's so many being when I was in Greece with you, but um, especially by the beach, but my favorite all-time one is being in Thessaloniki. And I think it was one of our last nights there. And we went um, walking you know, on a main street, whenever it was sort of closed, because it was, you know, like 9 or 10 p.m., which is typical dinner time in Greece. Yes, very typical, yes. <laughs> and we sort of cut down this little alley, and it was like the life sort of burst open, and there were so many people, and you heard music and drums, and the yes. smell of lemon in the air, and yes. people talking, and glasses clinking, and I was like, well, did we just turn the corner and entered you know, like a movie or something like this is what you sort of imagine and imagine feeling like when you're in Greece at night having dinner. And then we sat down, we had this wonderful dinner and there was someone uh, playing the drums beside us. Yes. Uh, It just like thinking back to it, it just warms my soul. It was just such a good night. So, you know, you know what I love about that area? Like I, so the area you're talking about that we stumbled upon, which I knew of the area, but I never like had walked there by myself. Um, the area is called Lavadica, and it's been there for like hundreds, maybe even centuries. Um, I mean, now it's like very lively and bustling with like restaurants and bars and cafes and music and people. But for a long time, it was kind of like a desolate little area where there was prostitution and drugs and it was kind of dirty and uh, like hippies would go there or people looking for drugs and things like that. And it was kind of just like an abandoned area. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's close to the port in Thessaloniki. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for centuries, it was a really important marketplace in the city as well. And I think that, so the La Zadica, the name comes from a lot of the oil, like the olive oil shops oh, that okay. existed like a long, long time ago. Um, but now obviously it's been modernized and they've spruced it up and cleaned it up. So you saw like the new version of La Zadica. For example, my godmother had asked me, um, you know, a few summers ago, you know, how was Greece? What did you do? Where'd you go? And I was telling her about the Lavadica and how I had gone to a few tavernas there. And she's like, what are you talking about? It's disgusting there. It's so dirty. Like nobody goes there. I'm like, no, no, they've, they've cleaned it up. Um, and she found it hard to believe because when she was growing up, it was not a very nice area. Um, nobody mm-hmm. went there for dinner or anything like that. Well, that's so interesting. I mean, when you think in Toronto areas that maybe were like a little bit shady before, and now mm-hmm. they're, you know, the hot spots for cool yeah. restaurants and exactly. bars and cafes. And that's and that's the appeal of this place now is that it was like nothing. And now it's like one of the hot spots in the city and it attracts a lot of tourists. Leave it to restaurants to gentrify a neighborhood. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and cool cafes and bars and, and tavernas. And nightclubs and music. And I remember, and actually the story of me and you going to the La Vadica um, with Fama came up recently around the holidays. Um, the mm-hmm. three of us, I think, had gone. Yeah. And it was the night that I that I gave that little boy who was playing the drums and singing or something. He was playing something mm-hmm. and I gave him 20 euro. Yeah. Um, and most people give these little boys and girls, so the not so nice name to call them is gypsies, but the proper name to call them is like the Roma or Romani people. Um, mm-hmm. So it was one of like a little Roma boy who was playing and singing. And typically people either just kind of kick them away or shoo them away or give them like a coin or something. Mm-hmm. And he was so beautiful and he looked so sweet and genuine. I couldn't help but his, like give him 20 euro. And his voice like touched our soul. I know. Like I want to cry. I think maybe I, I, I want to cry just thinking crying. of it. <laughs> I feel like I know. we maybe even did cry. I don't remember. I think we did. And then you were tearing up and then you gave him 20 and then his 
look on his face was like pure joy. Yeah. And then yeah. I started crying and then Thomas started crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was, she was telling the story and he was kind of like telling like the group that we were with that I gave this kid 20 euro and they all looked at me like, are you crazy? Give me 20 euro. What are you wasting yeah. it on him for? And I'm like, no, if you saw this little boy, he was like this little angel, this, like little, this little angel boy. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it was, it was a sweet little memory. Yeah. Well, and speaking of old souls, that little boy, he was playing the drums. Like it was his gift from God. It was, it honestly, like even thinking about it now, it gives yeah. me shivers. It was, it was soul pounding drumming and yeah. singing. And he was he just such a beautiful, beautiful little Yeah. Little I child. didn't want him to stop. Like, and I, I know you felt the same way. Like, and so my, he's kind of used to it. So I feel like he was kind of like, ah, oh, you know, not that big of a deal, but like, I think, you know, yeah, you're right. He did get emotional too. Cause how can you not? It was just, it was just so beautiful. I'm so yeah. glad that we shared that moment together. Yes. Beautiful me too. Moment. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to tear up. It was, it was honestly, it was such an amazing trip and um, just there's so many moments. And recently, I mean, you gave me a book a couple of years ago and I only read it about a year ago. It was yeah. my nice time ever. But I really feel like books sort of speak to you when they're meant to be read. Yeah. And um, I read it, uh, I guess I was pregnant with Arya. So two years ago now. And yeah. it was Thread, which takes place in yes. Thessaloniki. Yes. And it just totally brought me back to being there and walking through the streets and in and out of cafes and shops and yeah. you know all the food and everything. And yep. I mean, that whole trip was beautiful. And I think we ended up going to like four cities we did we so yeah we did we went to veria um meliki which is the village i don't know if that counts thessaloniki um where else did we go corfu Corfu. yeah yeah and even in corfu we kind of traveled around a little bit yeah yeah we went to like a few different little parts that were not too far away Mm-hmm. Um, and we discovered that beautiful, I remember being so cranky because we came, we went to a beach that was kind of just like gross. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I need a good beach because I'm in Canada and it's winter all year long. I need a beach. What the hell? And then I remember Stav had gone for a walk and she stumbled upon this beautiful, beautiful part of the beach that we were on mm-hmm. um, that had like a cave or something. Yeah. So we ended up moving over and it was, and I remember we, we took some beautiful shots of like you and I and, and Thoma there. In the water. Yeah, it was like mermaids lived there. Yeah. It was so 100%. beautiful. Yeah. But I remember originally it was like brown water and you're like... Okay. I was very cranky. Yes. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I'd rather drown myself here than <laughs> sit here and look at this disgusting water. And it's... Yeah, it was... It was the, the spot we ended up moving to that was just so magical. It was so beautiful. The water was like so clear, like crystal mm-hmm. clear and warm. Well, even this, the sand change where we yes, were was like brown, right. dark sand. Yeah. And then you, as you move down the beach, it would turn into like the whitest yeah. sand. Soft and so sand. soft. Yeah. But then we ended up spending all day there and we had dinner at the Taverna that overlooked that yes. beach that night. Oh, that was so beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Beautiful. And I just remember looking down because the restaurant, the Taverna was sort of elevated. So we, I was looking down. And they were closing up all the umbrellas and they were like the perfect white and blue circle umbrellas. Yes, you're and right. Like, yeah. This is a postcard. I'm looking at a postcard. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I took a couple of good pictures with that scene exactly in the background, the umbrellas. Yeah. Oh, such good times. 
Yep. Good times. Good memories. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for the world to open up again so we can travel. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm enjoying the village life, but you know. <laughs> when are we going to see more Chic Shepherdess pictures? Let me, <laughs> can this, we just ask? <laughs> yes, you're right. This is true. Coming right up. photos have been giving me just, you know, just travel, escapism, everything. It's, it's really, you know, brightening my day for sure. And you know what? I was worried that like, oh, am I posting too much? Am I going to be annoying people? but you would be surprised how many people have messaged me so many times just saying, oh my God, I love your posts. Your posts are giving me life. They're brightening up my day. Please do not stop posting. Like just keep, keep posting. Mm -hmm. So it's been kind of reassuring. I'm like, okay, maybe my posts aren't that annoying for people, but I feel like we just need some beauty and to be taken away somewhere. Totally. I think we're all having dream boards with planning our next vacations and just want to escape a little bit from our everyday. You know, like early on, I think in the pansy, everyone was saying it was like Groundhog Day. And I think we're beyond that now. Like, I don't even remember what it's like. I don't even to know. see people. I think we've changed like <laughs> dimensions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're far out, far out. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like a never ending movie, but hopefully there's an end in sight. Yes. And, um, yeah. And we'll be able to travel once again. Yeah. So I want to talk more about traditional Greek, uh, Greek things. Okay. So would you say, I mean, of course, a traditional Greek alcohol would be ouzo. Yeah, so traditional Greek alcohol, definitely a big one is ouzo. I mean, red wine. I mean, wine in general, of course, is, I guess you Greek. would call that traditional. Yeah, Gre- you know, Greeks love their their wine. Um, mm-hmm. What else? There's another drink called um, retsina. How would I describe retsina? I guess it would be kind of like a like a white wine. I feel like it's like a white wine, white wine, or it can even be like rosé. I'm not sure what the difference is between like regular white wine and this, or maybe it just, it's just like a type of white wine. And a lot of people tend to actually mix it with 7-Up or Coca-Cola. I mix it with some soda, like sweet soda that we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually really, really delicious. I actually drank Ritzina for the first time this year. Oh, wow. Is it very syrupy or very strong? No. Is that why you mix it with sparkling? No, I wouldn't say just it's strong. Just to give it some just, just to give it like a little punch, like a little sweetness. Mm-hmm. Because you know me, like I like my wines very, very sweet. And it's hard to mm-hmm. find like a really sweet wine. Um, so it, I, I would say it's almost, when I mix it with the sweet soda, it almost tastes like the Jacob's Creek wine that you know I like. Which is like a Moscato, I think. I think so. Which is very sweet and effervescent and that, yeah, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, delicious. That sounds so good. And then, of course, another Greek drink that I love is frappe. Oh, yes. Frappe. (laughs) Everyone loves it. Either you love it or you hate it. Summer. I think if you hate it, then you must not like coffee and deliciousness. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Like the frothiness of it. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. delicious. And uh, like, it's just something that you can enjoy, like something cold and refreshing. It's almost like not tiramisu in a cup, but I mean, not unlike that because it is so rich and frothy and yummy. And yeah. I obviously get it with sugar. So it's yes. nice and sweet. Yeah. And, and you know what? Believe it or not, there's people who drink it black. Um, oh, wow. To me, it's like tar when you, because it's a pretty, it has a pretty strong flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who drink it black, um, they must be dead inside. I'm not, I'm not sure how to drink it that way. <laughs> but the way you and I drink it, like it, it's like a dessert. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Speaking of escapism, do you want to share your social media handles so people can start to lay some eyes on your on your beautiful feed and start <laughs> dreaming of their next trip to Greece? My Instagram handle is evangeline.miliotis. <laughs> I think that's it. 
Yeah. As my mom, I mean, as my mom calls you is Miss Millie. Miss Millie. That's right. I love it. I love it. I love when she comments on my post because she writes it in French. I just feel so like worldly. Yes. Oh, I wanted to have one more little story about, I mean, how much I love you. Um, <laughs> so we obviously, you know, we met because we were working together many years ago and um, you had just come back from Greece or you were on your way to Greece on one on a trip. Okay. And you were like, the thing that I dislike the most about coming back from Greece is when you step into Canadian customs up here son and you hear everyone speaking English and I was like what and you were like it's not even that people aren't speaking Greek it's just that people are only speaking English and I couldn't understand like for the life of me I couldn't understand so on my first trip to Europe I was there for three or four weeks yeah. I think um over the course that we I'd gone to Greece with you and then I met a girlfriend in Italy right and um, so I was there for quite a while so of course I was hearing many different languages and I was so tan by the time I left Greece and was flying to Italy in Greece that people in the airport kept speaking to me in Greek and I was kind of just nodding nicely politely <laughs> I had no idea what they're saying um and then when I landed in Toronto from um, I think my last destination in Europe was Rome so I landed in Toronto and I heard everyone speaking English and I was tired and I needed a shower and I had been wearing the same clothes for like a month <laughs> and I was so annoyed and I in that moment understood <laughs> that's too funny <laughs> and I was like I don't even speak another language but I am I do not want to hear English please get me away from these English speaking people so funny like I knew I was I knew I was back home like back in Toronto when I heard English and I was looking mm-hmm. at Birkenstocks <laughs> and he was and shit like that. <laughs> yes. Oh my yes. God. It's yeah. like, okay, we're not in Oz anymore. Now we're back in no. Kansas. <laughs> now we're back in Kansas. We're, we're back in not Technicolor, Greece, <laughs> Italy, you know, European flair and sparkle. We're yeah. at Pearson International. Too funny. Yeah. No, no thanks. <laughs> but it's okay. You know what? I love Toronto. Mm-hmm. Being here this long, I've realized I do love it. I mean, it has its pluses and minuses, just like Greece has its pluses and minuses. So I'm torn between the two places. I love both very much well a true dual citizen for sure yeah for sure um do you have you put any thought i mean this is a personal question um have you put any thought to what you're going to do when you get back um i mean i've been so so disconnected from real life i Mm -hmm. i can't say i put too much thought into it of course i'm gonna have to start job searching you know something in human resources possibly but i have had Quite a few people um, message me multiple times telling me that I should start some sort of website and post like my pictures and, and sell my pictures that I that I've posted, you know, throughout my travels and just even mm-hmm. from in, in being in Toronto. I mean, I don't look at myself as a photographer. Obviously, I'm not trained as a photographer or anything like that. But I I guess so many people have messaged me about the types of pictures that I post and how they make how my pictures make people feel. Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like maybe I can tap into that and just and I don't know and see where I can take that like as a side hobby I guess Mm -hmm. so I'm thinking about maybe starting a website when I get back um, amazing with you know pictures and 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 selling them you know different sizes you know whatever I'd have to do my research I love your eyes I I love it you you have such a great way of capturing the moment in a way that really transports you 
to what you're feeling. And I yeah. think that that's just a, such a great skill. I mean, I'm happy that I do that. I didn't realize I was doing that until people started telling me. Because again, you feel insecure when something isn't, you know, there's people that have gone to school to be photographers. So if they heard people complimenting me, I feel like they'd be like, well, what the hell is she doing? You know, who does she think she is? But um, yeah, I feel like if I'm bringing out these emotions in people, then maybe I do have something that I can kind of offer and just see where it goes. Of course. I mean, I'm a song is booming in my head as you're speaking and it's not necessarily the same thing but countess lynn money can't buy you class you know the best <laughs> education can't buy you a gifted eye that's true you know so yeah. i don't think that you should feel insecure that you didn't go to school for photography yeah you know, and i think and i think you just been such a big part of your life for so many years yeah i know and i think you just hit it like i just feel insecure like who am i to but again i mean oh well whatever people start somewhere so i'm glad i mean i'm glad i make you feel that way because i know you really appreciate somebody else's talent, whether it's, you know, natural or trained or whatever it might be. If it's evoking feelings in you, then it's something. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's what mm-hmm. art is, is that if it mm-hmm. gives you a feeling, then that right there is art. hundred percent. And obviously I feel the same way about so many different mediums, you know, the little boy with the music and yeah. your photography and, you know, dishes, food, the way someone cooks can transport you to a different time and place. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that, you know, our souls really are friend. We're friends because of it and our souls, because we do appreciate that in other people and in, in each other. Yeah. A hundred percent. And we never, you know, we never made each other feel weird for, for having the interests that we do or, but we also kind of, our interests always kind of aligned anyway. So it was like, mm-hmm. I swear we were like sisters in some other life. For sure. I'm, I'm, or I was your mother or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay. So I want to finish up with a few just little fun rapid fire questions. Okay. Just to, you know, end on a little bit of a light note. Okay. So whatever comes to mind first. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Water or land? Um, water or land? Water or land? I'm going to say, do I have to tell you why or just water mm-hmm. or land? Just water or land. You tell me what you want. <laughs> land. Apple or pineapple? Pineapple. Favorite drink? Favorite drink. I would say coconut water. Mm, okay. So you can close your eyes if you want, but I want you to imagine you're in a cafe anywhere in the world. Okay. You hear the clinking of glasses, people you know, chatting, maybe some music. What city are you in? Paris. <laughs> and are you inside or outside? Outside. What are you drinking? I am drinking probably coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Are you eating something? I'm eating a very fresh croissant. And are you with anybody? I'm by myself. Lovely. Yeah. Beautiful. (laughs) And if you were to pick a food to describe your personality, what would it be? (laughs) (laughs) A food to describe my personality. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with pasticcio because when it's nice and hot and fresh, it's good and it's fulfilling. Mm -hmm. But when it's cold, it's not so nice. It's not so good. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. How do you say cheers in Greek? Um, Siniyasu. Siniyasu. Like to your health. I love that. Well, to your health, my love. And I hope to see you you in person soon. Yes, hopefully in a couple of months. Well, thank you for being on the show again today, officially. (laughs) Yes, thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Ciao.